stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. This is Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo because one of my guests and my podcast producer are both out sick here in Chicago. Sick in the summertime. So I have no fill. I have a fill-in podcast producer, but no guests. So I'm going on my own, and I had to switch it up a little bit here, but that's okay because this is still a great episode for this week. So I was looking around, thinking about what I wanted to do for this episode all of a sudden, and, you know, we all know the FANG stocks and how well those have been performing. And you probably also own a lot of them in your portfolio, so why are we keep talking about them? But you know there are other tech companies out there. There's more than just the FANG and other social media companies, and many of those are also crushing it. Some of these I like to call like the secret tech companies that few are really watching or caring about, although after this quarter's earnings, maybe more people are going to be watching these because they're all crushing it. But these companies are really bringing their A-games now, and it's not all about the big FANG stocks. I know everybody likes to talk about, you know, the trillion-dollar companies and all of that, but what if you could get some of that growth at a much smaller size, even a small cap or possibly, you know, mid or smaller large cap? These companies are like that. They have uh, double-digit earnings growth. Most of them have double-digit sales growth, and these are growth stocks. They're not values, even though normally when you listen to me on podcasts, I talk a lot about the value stocks, especially on the Value Investor podcast, but these are pure growth plays, and I know many of you like them, so you know maybe it's time to look beyond the fang. So I'm bringing you a whole bunch of beyond the fang stocks today. These are the secret tech stocks. You should be watching, listening to their conference calls, because this could be the future um, as we go down in the next couple of years where the growth is really going to be. Okay, so let's jump right into it. So the first one out the gate is one I really love. I don't own this one yet, but I've been eyeing it for a while. Mercado Libre is this first stock. The ticker is M-E-L-I. This is basically the Amazon of Latin America. But it's not just a marketplace retailer. It also operates a company, a division called Mercado Pago, and that's its online payment. That's its digital wallet type of company. And in this last quarter, their digital wallet payer growth was up 302%. So when you think about Latin America and the growing middle class there, and you think about the infrastructure that's in Latin America um, and South America as well, there's... Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, lack of finance. There's not a bank on every corner. There might not be ATMs. This is a similar problem that India has with the online delivery system. How do you get customers to pay if they have no credit card or access to credit and that kind of thing? So these digital wallets are really the big thing that's coming. And there's a lot of players down in Latin America to to get this uh, market, but Mercado Libre is one of the big ones, and it's you know been there for numerous years, and it continues to grow this business. So in this last quarter, um, on the retail side, their gross merchandise volume was up 15.2%. That was in U.S. dollars to $3.1 billion. Their unique buyers were up 16% year over year. 
That was a little on the light side because there was a trucker strike which impacted Brazil. But Mexico, Colombia, Chile, and Argentina were all up over 20% on the unique buyers. Their total payments through Mercado Pago was up 40.4% in U.S. dollars to $4.4 billion. That's the number that really struck me. That was what got me excited about this company. Their gross profit margin did decline in the quarter. This was expected to 47.6% from 60.4% a year ago. But that's because Amazon is now really going big into Mexico, offering free shipping. And so Mercado Libre's got to match the free shipping, and that costs money. So, um, you know, that has been a little bit of impact on the stock because everybody, again, is worried, oh, Amazon, they're going in there. But Mercado Libre, you know, they they have big in this market for years. So not counting them out that they're going to be competitive in their home market. So this has a market cap of just $15 billion. So it's much smaller than what you see with Amazon, which has, you know, almost a trillion-dollar market cap now. Um, their estimates have come down because of those shipping costs. They're only uh, expected to make a loss of 14 cents in 2018. They made 253 last year, so things were looking real good before the free shipping came along. Uh, but 2019, a rebound back up to $1.70. Longer term, you have to take a longer term view of this. They have strong loyalty, brand loyalty in Latin America, and this banking digital wallet business is where where it could be. So year to date, these shares are up only 12%. Um, it's not it's not one of the cheap stocks, though. It doesn't have a P.E. right now because of that loss of 14 cents. But um, if you're looking for the growth, you, this is one on the payment side you want to keep on your list. Now, I'm going to talk about a second one that is one of its competitors that you might want to just take a look at because it's kind of intriguing. It's called PagSeguro. I'm probably mispronouncing that, as you know, I mispronounce many company names. But the ticker here is P-A-G-S, and they operate in Brazil. This is also Digital Wallet. It's a competitor to, to Mile, let's just call it, and also to companies like Square. So they have much smaller market cap of just $3.5 billion. Uh, they, have, they do sport a PE. They're trading at 31 times right now. They don't report until the end of August 2018. But they pre-announced on July 31st, and they beat on the payment volumes. That was up 109% year over year. So they only started trading this year in 2018. So shares are pretty not known. They're unknown, I like to say. They're down 4% year to date. Um, still, again, that PE of 31 times. They made 57 cents in 2017, expecting to make 88 cents in 2018. That's earnings growth of 54%. And then in 2019, expected to make $1.32, that's another 49%. So if you're looking for Brazil financial solutions, you know, micro-merchant, digital wallet kind of play, this is one that nobody is talking about. <laughs> you and I are the only ones talking about it at this moment. So um, keep that in mind. There's a lot of these interesting international plays on the tech side that aren't getting a lot of love. Okay, let's switch back to the U.S. And one that is my favorite, but now everybody knows about it, is Grubhub. That ticker is G-R-U-B. 
I'm kind of biased towards Grubhub because they're headquartered here in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. So we hear about them all the time. I see their advertisements all over the subway, um, just everywhere here. But my friends in other cities have been telling me that some of their other competitors are still pretty much competitors in those cities. Some of those are like DoorDash or Caviar. And then remember, there was Amazon, is it restaurants? Something like that. Amazon restaurants was supposed to defeat Grubhub and its competitors. But that's not really happening. I don't think anyone's over there on Amazon restaurants. Are, are, do they still exist? I'm not sure. So Grubhub is, um, you know, expanding its power in this category. So it has a market cap of about $12 billion. So it's a big cap, but not as big, again, as an Amazon would be. It has a PE of 68 times now. Um, because those shares have really spiked after this last earnings report, which was just fantastic. So revenues up 51 percent to 240 million. Active diners were up 70 percent year over year to 15.6 million from 9.2 million. That's pretty impressive. Um, not surprising, as I said, the shares spiked. They're up 82 percent year to date, though. So the secret is kind of out on Grubhub now. But uh, let's look at those estimates. 2017, they made $1.20. 2018, they made $1.90, or they're expected to, I should say. That's a gain of 58%. And then 2019, still looking real bullish with 229 expected, and that's another 20%. Now, the thing I really do like about Grubhub is they're not, they're not just going for volume. And that's what a lot of its competitors are doing. The competitors add cities, that's gonna add diners, all of that. But they're trying to up their game in their actual uh, business. So they also announced in the second quarter report that they were acquiring a company called Level Up. They acquired this for $390 million. And that is a platform that manages digital ordering, payments and loyalty programs. So. If you go to Potbelly and you're in um, a loyalty program with Potbelly or Pret-a-Manger or Bear Burger or there's a whole bunch of other companies, restaurant chains, then they're likely the ones that have the platform that the company is using to run that loyalty program. Because how many restaurants want to manage your points. They don't. They, they just want to sign up for something that allows them to do it. Um, also with the digital ordering, so you order in advance and you can go pick it up on your lunch hour, that kind of thing. This is the kind of platform that it is. So I really love this acquisition uh, because it's going to integrate with Grubhub's existing delivery ser service platform. It's going to operate as its own brand within Grubhub. They're basically bringing the whole team over they're going to stay in Boston and Chicago as Grubhub's headquarters. So I really like that. I like where management is going with taking their business to this next level. So, yeah, the shares are up big and it's got that pretty high P.E. here. But uh, Grubhub has got some growth in the future if things keep going this way. And then let's switch over to another company that everybody thought Amazon would also um, basically destroy, and that is Etsy, ticker E-T-S-Y. So remember, Amazon has a, a home goods marketplace on its website, and that's what Etsy does. As we know, Etsy's got a lot of artists and unique and creative goods on its site, and Amazon's was called Handmade. 
but I always have to keep looking it up every time I talk about Etsy because I can never remember if it's homemade or handmade. What is Amazon's platform? I have to go Google it. Um, and that kind of tells you all you need to know because I never have to go remember what Etsy's name is, right? So Etsy was first in uh, about a decade ago with the online platform for artists and they maintain that lead in that area. So it was a little rocky there for a couple of years though, but management changes a little over a year ago, they got a new CEO, they did have to do layoffs, they kind of reined in costs and spending, it was kind of free, free uh, spending over there. But all of these changes, as hard as they were and as painful as they are, are paying off. So they have instituted their first price change in company history. There's a lot of grumbling about that, charging sellers more. But they're reinvesting the money back into the platform. So they've increased uh, efficiency on how you can search the site. That was always one of my big things with Etsy. I wanted to find something on there, but there's so many sellers and so many items, there was no good way to search on there. Uh, now they've improved that dramatically, and they've also done structural improvements to SEO, among other things, to really um, improve the platform. They also, last holiday season, did their first ever marketing campaign to remind people that Etsy is a great place to buy gifts. So that was real successful, and I'm thinking they probably will do that again this year, so we'll have to watch that. But revenue up 30.2% this last quarter to $132 million. Um, GMS was up 20.4 year over year to $901.7 million. That's uh, a real strong number there. So, um, you know, everything's looking real good with Etsy. It is a mid cap at 5.4 billion. It does have a pretty high PE now. 107 is the PE. It's up 121% year to date. So if you're a little late to the turnaround story now, but now you're just buying the growth. So they made 38 cents last year in 2017, expected to make 42 cents this year. So that's just a gain of 10.5%. But analysts real bullish that a lot of these changes are gonna pay off even bigger. In 2019, they see 66 cents, which is another 56% earnings growth for 2019. So Etsy is another niche player that really the big guys aren't able to dislodge from that loyalty and that, that strong brand. Switching over to another one, another company that a lot of people thought one of the big Goliaths might be able to dislodge, and that is Match Group. That ticker is MTCH. And remember, just a few months ago, Facebook announced that they were going to go into some kind of dating dating business off of their website. Um, and everybody said, oh, no, Match is doomed. Now, remember, Match has a lot of dating platforms. They have Tinder. They have their own Match, Match.com, Plenty of Fish, OkCupid. And last June, they acquired 51% of Hinge. So they're, they're pretty much in all the big names that um, many of you might be using out there on the dating scene. But they're not just looking domestically, they are looking for opportunities abroad, of course, um, and to expand that Tinder brand. They are looking to, to focus on Tinder for college students and starting some kind of campaign along those lines. I'm sure most uh, younger people 
are using Tinder, but to focus specifically on college makes some sense to me, given that environment. So this is a market cap now of $13.8 billion. So this is a big cap now. The P is at 36, even though the shares are up 51% year to date, because this last quarter was real strong. And um, they're seeing a lot of good revenue growth out of that Tinder category there. So Match Group really surprised a lot of people. And again, I don't think many people are worried about Facebook. Just as an aside, the number one um, dating site that's not one of these, you know, real dating sites out of the social media is really LinkedIn. They've actually done studies of this and LinkedIn is the number one dating site. Don't ask me, but apparently that is where you go. So I'd be more concerned about LinkedIn than I am about Facebook getting into the dating area. Uh, but let's take a look at the earnings for Match. They made seventy-five cents in twenty seventeen. Expected to make a dollar thirty-seven in twenty eighteen. That's eighty-two percent growth. That's really strong. Twenty nineteen, seeing another nice gain of twenty-three percent because they're expected to make a dollar sixty-nine. So Match um, looking pretty good. Then let's turn to at-home, um, what do you call this? I guess it would be just like home services, which is what they have renamed themselves. So I still have been calling this Angie's List. The ticker is A-N-G-I, but their new name is A-N-G-I Home Services. I know, that's kind of boring, right? But they have merged with HomeAdvisor. We all know those ads. I'll, I'll hear them. You know, I have the little jingle in my mind right now. <laughs> so HomeAdvisor, Angie's List have merged into one company. So hence the name of ANGI Home Services. And if you're hiring any kind of uh, home professional to come and, you know, unclog your drain or hang your pictures or whatever you're doing, then this is an area that you're probably going to be using. And this is a, a big growth area for most people. So they just reported and revenue up 17% year over year to 296.6 million. Marketplace was up 31% and they have a big European business as well. So a lot of their brands over in Europe and that growth was up 14%. So one of the things that's driving them is that there's a new opt-in feature for the service providers that lets them opt into um, a request that someone makes on the site, even if it's outside of their normal contract that's on there. So this gives an incentive to the service providers to actually, you know, do more work and um, service those customers on there. And that is working. So year to date, these shares up 78%. Yeah, if you weren't paying attention to Angie's List, this is well up off of the lows. Uh, this is still a small cap. 1.3 billion is its market cap. It's got a crazy PE though. I have 175. Is Could that be right? I think it might be. Um, so you're, you're buying the growth here and um, that is looking pretty good. Now, there is an interesting story behind ANGI and Match Group that you should know before you're diving in here, and that both of those were spun off from IAC Interactive, and that ticker is IAC. So I'm preparing for this podcast. I'm like, why don't I just own IAC? If I like both ANGI Home Services and Match Group, why not just buy the parent? So a lot of the analysts feel the same way. A lot of the analysts believe this company is undervalued. So here's a little secret tech company that you 
probably don't even think about, and it's IAC, which is IAC. So they are the majority shareholders of both Match and ANGI Home Services. Those are its two big kahunas. That's what you're basically getting when you're buying this company, but why not get two for one, right? So we have a market cap of $16 billion on this company. It has a PE of 44, so it's not super cheap, but um, you are getting these two strong growth names in there. Now, they also own Vimo, which is the online video publishing platform, and they have a publishing arm with uh, Dot Dash, and both of those are doing okay. They're much smaller. Um, but they are growing, but just not the same, the extent of the growth story of these other two. So let's take a look at those earnings. They made two ninety nine in 2017, but they're expected to make four thirty two in 2018. That's a gain of 44%. And 580 in 2019, that's another 34%. So clearly a growth stock here. And an interesting one for those who want to buy the other two, Match and Angie's List, but um, might as well get two for one. Might as well just get the parent, the secret one, I like to say. So um, a lot of these, you know, the shares are up um, on most of these, but you're buying it for the growth. So if you're a growth investor and you love the tech and social media names, then these are some of the the secret ones that you need to be keeping on your list. So let's go over the tickers again, because I did list a lot of stocks this time. So we had Mercado Libre, which is M-E-L-I, Grubhub, G-R-U-B. Um, oh, can't forget the Brazilian uh, little uh, micro merchant company. Well, they're not so little, but Pag Seguro, P-A-G-S, uh, Etsy, E-T-S-Y, Match.com is M-T-C-H. Um, A-N-G-I Home Services is A-N-G-I. And then you had I-A-C, which is I-A-C. So keep these things in mind. Don't rule out anything just because you own the FANG and you think they're dominating doesn't mean that they will control that market. A lot of these companies have had to get more competitive because they are feeling the pressure from the big FANG stocks. But that competition is um, creating some great results. I always say that's what you really do want. You want that competition in there so that they get more efficient, they come out with new products, and they go in different directions because they're feeling pressured. So um, some of these smaller, more nimble names might be good additions to your portfolio don't rule out anything, keep them in mind. And as always, you can get all of our Zach's Market Edge podcasts on Apple Podcasts. We're also on SoundCloud and you can subscribe on Spotify. So get us at any of these places and don't miss a single episode. Hopefully my guests are not sick next week and I'll be back with some more discussion of some great stocks and what's happening out there on the stock market and in investing. So don't miss a single episode and I'll see you again next week.